Guru Nation, welcome to episode 448 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I go through three articles to try to figure out what a Biden presidency would mean for the pharmaceutical industry as a whole, and more specifically, clinical research, because we're all about clinical research on this podcast, obviously. So we go through it all. We're going to do the same thing with uh, Donald Trump later this week, what a Trump presidency means for pharma and clinical research. And uh, it should be interesting. should be an interesting election season, to say the least. So hopefully you find some value out of this regardless of who you are and what you do in this industry, or even if you're not in this industry. Hopefully you find some value. Links in the show notes, as always. We've got the Patreon channel with the monthly mastermind. It's only five bucks a month. We get both academies, CRA and CRC academies, roll enrolling now like never before. Uh, we have the site services where we help sites get set up, get studies. We help establish sites, get studies, negotiate budgets, do source documents for them. All of that stuff, 949-415-6256. Text me if you're interested in any of this stuff. And finally, thank you so much for helping the book. It's hard to believe it's been a year and a half now that the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research, has been released. It's still selling strong, and I think it's the best-selling clinical research book at least on Amazon. Um, So thank you guys so much for that. We have so many reviews on there. I appreciate anybody who takes the time out to read it, to write a review, to rate it, whatever it may be. And if if you already read it, thank you so much. Make sure you let a friend know about it. If you haven't, link in the show notes. Finally, text the word GURU, G-U-R-U, to 31996. Good things will happen eventually. Can't say when, but eventually they will. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. And welcome back to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. We are in the middle of politics season. If anywhere you go on LinkedIn, let me show you. Anywhere you go on LinkedIn, you're bound to see stuff about politics. Okay, we covered it last time with uh, Donald Trump going into the... uh, Uh, compassionate use with Regeneron. We're going to discuss more of that during the clinical scoop episode where we're going to look at Regeneron's pipeline, some of the studies they have going on, as well as the stock for Regeneron. And today we're going to look at Biden, okay? And no, Biden was not in a study. We're going to analyze what the research industry could possibly look like with Biden. Today we're going to do with Biden. And then what the research industry is going to look like with Trump. And for those that are curious, I'm a registered independent. I voted independent again this year. So I'm not playing politics with anybody. And this is not about that. This is about just speculating what we think we can expect in clinical research and in healthcare and pharmaceutical in general with each one. So today we're going to do Biden. Sometime sometime this week we are going to do Trump. And then we're going to, like I said, on the clinical scoop, be analyzing a lot of the uh, vaccine trials right now, starting with Regeneron, because Trump was just in that one. So anyways, here's an article from Newsweek, okay, from actually today, okay, Monday, October 12, 2020. Big Pharma backs Joe Biden, but people don't think he'll fix drug pricing. Uh, 
So former Vice President Joe Biden is winning the race for donations from Big Pharma, but experts and industry stakeholders doubt his plans will successfully lower drug prices or address underlying issues in the industry. I've got news for you guys. Drug prices aren't going down no matter who's the president. Um, I don't want to make this about economics, as nor do I want to make this about politics. Although that's kind of unavoidable if we're literally analyzing and speculating which president, which potential president would do what for clinical research. But we can get into there's plenty of financial um, YouTube channels out there. I think deflation is going to happen first and then inflation. So no matter who's in charge, I don't think it matters from an economic standpoint. Drug prices are going up regardless. Um, initially, for whatever reasons, for whatever short-term micro reasons, but on the long-term macro, it's inflation. I think we're going to have hyperinflation in the next decade or in this decade, sometime in, in this decade. So drug prices are not going down no matter who's, uh, who's in charge. The pharmaceutical and health products industry has donated more than $5.9 million to Biden's presidential campaign. Let me tell you something else that's a lot more than this. Uh, according to OpenSecrets.org, a site run by the Center for Responsive Politics, which tracks political donations. President Trump has garnered less than $1.5 million in donations. Um, so the stark contrast may be explained by widespread criticism of Trump, Trump's approach to drug pricing. Trump released an executive order on September 13th in order to lower drug prices under a most favored nation's pricing scheme. Under the plan, Medicare would refuse to pay for more drugs than other developed nations, uh, which generally pay less than the U.S. The measure covers Medicare Parts B and D. Uh, critics quickly rubbished the order. Criticism has come both from the industry and experts with a variety of views on the drug market. Um, this guy from this think tank, Pacific Research Institute, by the way, we're trying to do a clinical research think tank through my Patreon channel. We have a small group of people on there. I think we have like 30 some odd people in there and we're forming a think tank, guys. We're forming a think tank for the industry. So stay tuned for that big news coming out of that. There are many problems with Trump's most favored nation executive order. He fails to understand the drivers of the drug affordability problem, and his uh, EO will harm patients' innovation and can ironically increase overall health care spending. Um, so, basically, Big Pharma is behind Biden. We're going to get into two more articles. Uh, Mark Samuels, a former policy advisor to George Bush, who also worked at the Pentagon, agreed that Trump's executive order missed the mark. If the goal is to help patients, the rule fails. Tying prices to other countries does not translate to lower out-of-pocket costs outright, and cuts of this nature will translate to reduced R&D investment and fewer cures in the future. This is probably true. Okay, from my experience, um, higher drug prices actually helps the clinical research industry um, and incentivizes them to innovate more. That doesn't mean that it's a good thing. It's just the way it's been over the past. Look at the look at the last twenty years. Uh, no matter which president was in the office, Republican or Democrat, uh, Professor Mark Andre Gannon is based at the School of Public Policy and Administration at Ottawa's Carleton University. He sees the prevalence of political donations from pharma companies as part of the problem. 
Gan Gannon pointed out that the pharmaceutical sector was the top lobbying industry in 2020. That is, I definitely uh, am not surprised by that. He was also, and they're also probably the most hated industry, uh, which is why I constantly talk about clinical research and pharma and how we need more sites. There's no way we can decentralize trials by reducing the number of sites. I think there's no problem decentralizing trials, allowing the patients to do the studies from home, but the patients have to come from somewhere. The patients are not just gonna blindly follow Big Pharma because they love Big Pharma because Big Pharma is the most hated industry in the world. The patients are going to trust their doctors, their clinicians. The industry wants more minority patients in studies. Guess what? We need more minority clinicians or more clinicians who are treating these kind of patients. So we need to bring the trials, instead of decentralizing, we need to bring the trials to these communities right? There's several people in the industry. I just interviewed Adam from ClinArc. Go watch that interview. He says the same exact thing. I mean, we both came to basically the same conclusion without ever have uh, uh, spoken to each other, right? It's It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. You want more African-Americans in studies. You want more Latin Americans in studies. You need more African-American clinicians doing research, etc. All right. So, that's the problem. There's a disconnect. I can go on a rant forever on this, but I won't. Let's get back to the story. Okay, it's important to understand that political contributions do not necessarily aim at getting policymakers to implement specific policies uh, or to preserve specific policies or avoid implementation of specific policies. It's more about imposing the dominant shared narratives for policymakers across the aisle um so let's let's get in basically insurers and pharmacy benefit managers were able to negotiate confidential rebates with pa while patients were still paying co-payments based on the official price of the drug before rebates uh, this policy forces insurers to transfer rebates to insurees and reduce their co-pays or deductibles pharmaceutical research and manufacturers of america so pharma represents u.s biopharmaceutical research companies in a statement they also highlighted the role played by pbms which are pharmacy benefit managers after discounts and rebates Prices for brand prescription medicines only grew 1.7% last year, slower than the rate of overall inflation, which is what I, look, I discussed this earlier, right? It's actually growing slower. Uh, drug prices are, are raising uh, at a lower pace than inflation. That's not going to continue. Drug prices are going to eventually outpace inflation. Um, but it often doesn't feel that way for the patients because middlemen like pharmacy benefit managers and payers often don't share the steep rebates and discounts they receive from manufacturers directly with patients at the pharmacy counter. That's why we need policies that will realign and strengthen system incentives. Um, anybody that takes generic or brand drugs that are not covered by their insurance, like for example, myself, I do this from time to time, the, the prices, depending on what pharmacy you go, vary wildly for the same exact drug, even if it's a generic. It could be anywhere from $8 for a refill to $200 for a refill for the same exact thing, depending on what pharmacy you go. Um, 
When patients use manufacturer cost-sharing assistance to help pay for their medicines, plans should be required to count that assistance towards patients' deductibles. So let's see if anything else interesting here about Biden. Uh, Biden's plan, here we go, published on his campaign website, doesn't mention pharmacy benefit managers. The plan promises to build on the Affordable Care Act by giving Americans more choice, reducing health care costs, and making our health care system less complex to navigate. That's... Uh, that doesn't say much uh you know that's just sounds good in my opinion the biden plan mentions negotiating prices five times but says nothing about medicare part d specifically which is a problem for gannon biden biden proposes to allow price negotiations but as compared to bernie sanders proposal medicare part d could not refuse to reimburse a drug that does not provide a value for money. Let's just say that negotiating without the capacity to say no reduces your bargaining capacity. Uh, the main issue would be to allow real negotiations for drugs under Medicare Part D. Biden or Trump might say they are in favor of negotiations, but none have proposed a sensible plan that would allow efficient negotiations. At the moment, I don't see any real change in the long-term approach. It is likely that drug companies will remain the most important lobbyists, spending 50-50 on both sides of the aisle. At this late stage in the campaign, it's unlikely Trump will make up the gap in pharma donations. But it's not all clear that Biden will deliver the real change on drug pricing he's promising. So that's that story. There's another good article about Biden. Biden releases plans to move pharma manufacturing from China to the U.S. Okay, so he, Biden's been criticized for being, um, I guess, for having ties to China through his son, uh, being on the board of a lot of Chinese companies. Uh, so there's obviously concern there, but here he says, which is interesting, he unveils his plans to move pharma manufacturing from China back to the United States. Okay, so U.S. Democratic Party presumptive, and this article was written in, uh, oh, this was in July 31st this year. So U.S. Democratic uh, uh, Joe Biden plans to move a, a significant amount of the pharmaceutical manufacturing to the U.S. if elected, he announced in his supply chains manifesto on July 7th. So see, this would actually be, if this actually happens, because Trump wants to do the same thing, by the way. So I don't think you're going to have a difference when it comes to this between the candidates. Trump is also going to be doing the same thing. The argument is for drug prices, right? Uh, reducing drug prices which i think again no matter who is elected prices are not going down um biden accuses accused president trump of failing to secure u.s supply chains for critical products during the pandemic biden said that if he is elected he would use the purchasing power of medicare medicaid and the u.s department of veteran affairs to favor drugs made in the usa Consider direct compulsory licensing of vaccines where companies are either being slow to produce them or charging excessive prices. Reverse President Trump's tax codes to incentivize onshoring of pharmaceutical companies and their supply chains. This can be good for vendors, too, in the industry, although I think both of them are going to do the same thing. Open new markets to U.S. exports, but also, where necessary, restrict imports from nations such as China and Russia that pose national security threats. Biden noted that the FDA statistic that more than 70% of API facilities that supply the U.S. are located abroad. 
He claimed that a substantial amount of this production occurs in places with labor costs comparable to the U.S., so manufacturing could be moved to the U.S. without raising prices. However, FDA data shows that China and India rank second and fourth respectively for import lines, distinct regulated products within shipments to the U.S. Both countries have lower manufacturing wages than in the U.S. However, even these figures hide the extent of China and India's contributions to pharmaceutical manufacturing for the U.S., since many of the imports from the other top five countries, Canada, Germany, and the U.K., are finished dose drugs made with API source from China and India. The Democratic presumptive nominee's proposals are not dissimilar to those of Trump. See, this is what I just said. The Trump administration and Congress have proposed several Buy American policies for the federal purchasing of critical drugs. Uh, this is a bipartisan. Effort. Uh, so in December 2019, a bipartisan group uh, called on the, the Department of Defense to investigate the dangers posed by reliance on foreign drug makers. Shifting production to the U.S. brings its own risks. In a June 11th post on uh, Pharma's website, Director of Public Affairs says calls to move pharma manufacturing to the U.S. ignore the strengths that come from a diverse supply chain, especially during a pandemic. Unfortunately, recent policy proposals that would mandate drastic changes to the pharmaceutical manufacturing supply chains underestimate the significant time, resources, and other feasibility challenges and complexities involved. This proposal and Biden's manifesto both name China as a potential national security threat to the U.S., However, it is India rather than China that imposed the strictest restrictions on exports of COVID-19 therapies during the early months of the pandemic. And the last article that I wanted to share with you is from Fierce Pharma Politics. How would a Biden White House handle drug prices? Depends on congressional races. So this fall's national elections presidential and otherwise could affect the pharma industry's fate in the coming years democratic presumptive nominee joe biden so this was written in this was written in june of this uh, so in the summer biden's pricing platform calls for medicare part d negotiations a restriction of certain drug prices at launch uh, eliminating tax deductions for direct-to-consumer ads reimportation and more if Biden wins the White House in November, the analysts believe his administration would primarily focus on insurance markets. Still, some drug pricing measures are possible, and there will almost certainly be lots of noise. They don't believe the launch pricing restriction, which the drug lobby hates the most. So, they don't believe the launch pricing restriction, which the drug lobby hates the most, among the proposals would become law. As always, actions through Congress would be uncertain and depend on election results, but a potential Biden White House would have one channel for changes without Congress, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovations. Any changes could face court challenges, but the CMMI could test new drug pricing programs for government payers. Meanwhile, if President Trump and the Republicans retain the White House and Senate, passing any drug pricing legislation becomes less certain. Um, so basically, I think what we're getting is the same thing. Uh, any drug pricing le legislation becomes less certain. So the team recently spoke with two healthcare policy specialists who said that if Democrats capture a Senate majority, 
They expect significant changes to Medicare Part D. Those changes would at minimum be equivalent to the drug pricing bill from Senators uh, Grassley and Wyden, which calls for drug price hike limits and an out-of-pocket cap for patients. Looking forward, the experts suggested that healthcare is still likely to be a major element of the campaign, having been temporarily sub- subsumed by economic, social, public health, and security issues. While the pharma industry has enjoyed a reputation boost amidst uh, its work on COVID-19, that doesn't change the industry's long-term political standing. Depending on how the elections play out, the policy specialist call reinforced our view that drug pricing and reimbursement reform is likely to be postponed to 2021 or later. Um, and so basically, we're going to analyze later this week the Trumps, like what would happen if a Trump presidency, what would that do to pharma? It seems like the main issue really is around drug pricing. And I, like I said, I don't believe that it matters, honestly, in this for this particular issue, who wins. Uh, I think no matter which way uh, you go about it, whether it's... Um, reducing regulatory um i guess reducing the regulatory burden that trump's kind of pushing for i remember when trump first got in i did an interview with darshan trump was actually talking about getting rid of the fda and just allowing people to try drugs that never went through i don't think that'll ever happen um and then with biden it's more about negotiating with medicare and private insurers so uh, i think drug prices go up no matter who is the president i think that drug pricing affects pharma and industries um, incentives to invest in the industry. So if drug prices continue to go up, I think research activity continues to go up. I think the pandemic we've already seen in 2020 is a record year for clinical research. It was on pace to be a record year anyways, even without COVID. And I think with COVID, it's uh, it, it it was it blew out any other year with the amount of studies. And yes, the majority of them, or a vast majority of them, were COVID studies. But there are lots of other studies as well that were that are being done this year. I haven't seen it this busy um, in a long time. Probably 2006, I think, right before the bubble, right before the the last recession. I think that I saw it this busy again at that time. And we're seeing it that way again in 2019 and 2020. So we'll see if that carries into 2021. We're going to look at Trump's policies as it pertains to clinical research uh, this week as well. And then we're going to do one and we're going to keep following the news. So stay tuned, subscribe, make sure you like, uh, make sure you check out the other podcast, YouTube channel, Clinical Scoop. We're going to be reviewing different clinical research studies going on uh, for both COVID as well as all kinds of other indications. And we're going to also analyze the stock prices for those things too. So check it out. Let me know what you think about this. Give me your thoughts and I'll talk to you later. So hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. 
Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.